Hello and welcome back to Fireside. Just a little sort of pre-warning before we kick off is I've had um, a pretty bad cough for the last week Um, and as you might also remember I record all of these podcasts in one take so that they don't have to get professionally edited. Um, So I'm going to do my utmost to not cough directly into your ears, Um, but I can't make any promises. (laughs) So there might be a moment where I have to lean back and have a little cough, and I hope you don't mind about that, but I'm going to try my best. Um, But anyway, today is the blog post omnibus, as it is the very beginning of a month, I go back over everything that I posted on the blog in the previous month and read them out. So you've got them here and you can listen to them and get them for the first time or have a different perspective. So, without further ado, the very first post from last month was called A History of Bad Self-Management. In the post, The 360 Degree Pivot, I wrote about how I blamed my burnout on client work. At the beginning of each week, I saw all six calendar slots fully booked and it made me claustrophobic. It made me anxious about showing up and performing for these people on those days. It made me feel responsible, like I had to hold and solve all their problems. The client work wasn't the problem. It was me. I never understood people who said they were booked out and they seemed calm. To me, booked out meant that every possible sliver of time you could have a call with someone was booked. It was genuinely two years into my business that I found out that when people said booked out, they meant that they had filled the small number of slots they decided were available. And my reaction to finding that out was, well, how do they know how many spots they're allowed to have? So much of my early business was me not realising that I was allowed to do things in a way that worked for me. It was work and therefore it had to be hard and or miserable and I had to do whatever anyone else wanted me to. It wasn't up to me to say no to someone if they wanted to do something. I always felt on the cusp of getting in trouble, but I didn't know with whom. Now it feels like I was waiting for, almost expecting a manager to step in. And I didn't realise that manager was me. I was terrible at managing myself and my work. There was no end point. There was always more to do. The day never truly ended. It just kind of petered out and I went to bed thrumming with everything there still was. I thought I couldn't stop, couldn't set a limit, couldn't do something I wanted for too long because no one had told me I was allowed to do that. 
What didn't help was that I'd always had a tendency to make my work my personality. I'd been ambitious and wanted a high status job and chased impressive sounding job titles because that would mean something about me. Being a high achiever was who I was and I needed success in the way that I actually needed a rest. I thought being self-employed had cured me of now that of that now that I wasn't on a corporate ladder, but really it made it worse. Because just as there was no one to tell me what I was allowed to do, there was no one to tell me to stop. There was no leaving the office at the end of the day, no clocking off. Living far away from home, there were no friends or family or hobbies to distract me from wrapping my whole self up in work in an attempt to prove something about myself to the world. In order to believe I had value. None of that, clearly, was the client work. It was me not managing myself well. Not realising that I was an adult woman who could make her own choices. Not believing that I had more to give than what I imagined people wanted from me. It's taken me six years to realise this. Which feels crazy when, my God, it is so obvious... I suppose it is easier to believe the problem is a tangible thing so you you can stop doing rather than the problem is a core personality trait. Those things are harder to change and so you just ignore what's inconvenient. But in the meantime, I've learned to manage myself better. I've learned to write a short daily list and have that be it for the workday. I have learned that I can set my own limits of what is too much. I have learned that having a break for a walk around the block is usually the very best thing I can do for my work. While I usually forget, I am now quicker at reminding myself that I am 32 years old and it is unlikely that anyone is going to tell me off. And most of all, I'm continuing to unpick the tight stitches I made to join worth, self and work. I am remembering to question why I think I want things. I am remembering that none of this makes me. I am figuring out who is just Kate. And most of all, I'm learning to manage myself. And no, I am not easy to manage. Managing me is towing a line between aggressive desire to overachieve and the longing to collapse because the effort is just too uncomfortable. I am learning that I need to do some sprints, ease up on wildly spiralling expectations, have little rewards of chalky and also that once I get going I sometimes won't stop unless a hand gently rests on my shoulder. I am learning that that hand should be mine. Okay, little sip of water. The throat is doing well. Oh, she says, am I about to cough? I'm going to power through. So, the next um, post 
that I published last month is called, and I mean the title is a bit of a spoiler, it's called I Didn't Win the Writing Prize. I was shortlisted for a writing prize, the Queen Mary Wasafiri New Writing Prize in September, and in October I did not win it. As soon as I found out I was shortlisted, I felt strongly that I would not win. Not an imposter thing, just felt it. And yet, I RSVP'd to the ceremony, just in case. The night before, I thought of a few words I would say, just in case. Running late at the station, I grabbed a McDonald's and I won two free burgers on the Monopoly and I thought, perhaps this is the start? But I did not win the prize. The winner's name came up in the closed captions before it was announced. A softer blow that wasn't a surprise but was sad all the same. I arranged my face, reduced my heart rate did what I hope was smile for the photos, but as people came round to tell us all that the winning didn't matter, I was ready to go. On the long train home, I debated how I felt. I rolled the feeling around in my mouth like a gobstopper, tasting for the flavour of disappointment I wanted. This starts with a bitterness that I'm not proud of. A litany of reasons why the winner didn't deserve to win. Exactly the same way that I had reasoned that Laura hadn't deserved the lead in the school play in year four. The childish, perhaps only childish, reaction to someone having something that I don't, to assert that they shouldn't have it either. 24 years on from that school play, though, I am quicker at catching this part of myself, about reminding myself I have no idea how much someone does or doesn't need the money, and frankly, it's not my business whether they do. They still deserve to win. The next flavour I toy with is the... That's it, I'm giving it all up. The... I'll show you how badly you messed up by ruining my own life. Another historic coping mechanism from my late teens, which really relies on me being the centre of the universe in order to work. And spoiler, it never has. My disappointment tries to make out that I should give up and not bother. But unfortunately... I already know that to be shortlisted is a big enough deal, a big enough step forward, and besides, I want it too much now. Then there's the overcorrect. The, I'll show you how badly you messed up by being wildly successful. I start to Google more competitions to enter, think about how many thousands of people I should get to sign up to my Substack, start scrolling through the list of ideas on my phone to start writing a masterpiece right now on the train. Only it's 10.30pm and I've done a full day's work and travelled for three hours and don't really have the energy for a masterpiece right now. And actually, it's exhausting 
to think of all those things I now have to be wildly good at to prove a point to people who've made it clear all evening that there is no point to prove. And maybe I want to be done with proving. Where I land is somewhere in the middle of the concentric circles. All these feelings had rippled out, increasingly removed from the actual fact of what happened. I didn't win the prize, and maybe that doesn't have to mean anything. Maybe I didn't have to force myself into an immediate reaction. Maybe it wasn't dramatic. Maybe I didn't have, I didn't need to be able to clarify exactly what I thought and felt about it. Maybe there didn't need to be a new plan. Maybe I could just allow the train to rock me as I opened my book and maybe the next day I would carry on as I am. Okay, there is one more post from this month, or last month. I am recording this still in October, so <laughs> getting remembering which, when this was last month or the month before, starts to get complicated and blurred. But here is our last post, and it is called All the Marketing Basics I Forgot. I've been treating this recent pivot as starting a business afresh. I know it's not entirely the same. I have my lovely email list and people like you who click links to read what I say and listen to the podcast. This isn't a clean slate in terms of the pieces of the business, but I am trying to have one with my expectations. I am trying to nurture and grow something and not weigh it down with what came before. As part of this, I've been making decisions and plans as if this were a brand new business. And in so doing, have discovered where I've been going wrong for the last few years. I completely forgot the basics. In the very first iteration of this business, I spent the majority of my time telling people the basics of marketing. This was my thing, stripping away all the jazz hands and the must-dos and the complex concepts and saying, here are the basics, just do these. And then I stopped talking to people about marketing so much and I got all in my head about what I wanted to be and somewhere along the line, I completely forgot all of those basics. It seems obvious now, looking back over the last few years, that that was the problem. Without the basics, I had no foundation. No wonder I felt I was flailing around in outer space with no gravity to pin me to certainty. But at the time, I was too close to it to realise. So here are the key basics that I lost track of 
and why they are so important. One, do what your customers want. This was the biggie. I spent years bagging on about listening to your customer, knowing what they want to achieve and what is standing in their way and then creating products that help them get over the latter and towards the former. That was the bedrock of everything I did and everything that I told people. And then I wanted to find new formats of products that were less time intensive for me and without me noticing that shifted into the front seat of all my planning. When I was having ideas for products, whether or not I wanted them became the priority, not whether or not others would want them. And obviously, if you don't want something, if it doesn't speak to the heart of a need, then you don't buy it. So Finish With Confidence was my big return to this. Its name actually came verbatim from an answer to a survey I sent out where someone said, I want to know how to finish with confidence. And it also came from multiple responses of people saying that they get stuck, they can't follow through, they don't know how to keep going to finish. So it feels really good to have found a concept and a format that I really enjoy supporting people in and that directly answers a need. Two, show up consistently. I've also always said that consistently and frequently are not the same thing. Consistency is not about posting every day, but it is about showing up with a regularity you can stick to rather than dumping a load of content when you're inspired and then disappearing for months. Can you guess what I started to do? Tracking back, I think this started around the time that my relationship ended and I was trying to get a house sale through and figuring out where the hell I was going to live and I had absolutely no ideas whatsoever. Now, I give myself a lot of grace around this period, but it was also the time that I broke my consistency habit and somehow forgot to pick it back up. I instead got into a feast and famine cycle with content, posting when I had lots of inspiration, but not planning enough to keep things back for when I wasn't inspired. The trouble with not being consistent is twofold. First, people forget you exist if they don't see you regularly. And two, you're hard to trust when you're so hot and cold. Consistency is a hard habit to recreate, especially now I'm working part-time, but it's something I'm trying to re-establish. Three, start with a strong why. I actually, and when I was typing this out, I really did laugh when I said I actually have to laugh a little bit about how many hours I spent with clients honing their whys, the whole sections of courses I wrote about finding your why, and then I completely forgot to even have a why myself. I used to, 
And then when I decided to pivot, I was concentrating so much on what what I wanted to do that the concept of why just completely left my head. I haven't had a strong why for nearly four years. I've been trying to find the thing so hard, trying to make enough money so hard that I didn't really stop to qualify why I was doing all this. When you don't have a why, you've got nothing to tether yourself to. You've got no core to organise yourself from, no point to everything you decide to do. You are just throwing increasingly random things at the wall in the vain hope that something will stick enough that you can make a business out of it. It also makes it hard for other people to understand you, to know what you stand for, the way in which you can help them if you're someone they can like and trust. If you don't have a why, it's harder for people to get into your world. world. My why still feels ephemeral to me, like I've got some pieces of things I'm interested in, but I don't know how they slot together. So this winter, I am planning a bit of a rebrand, and this time, the why will be the focus. Four, reach outside of your own audience. What really kickstarted my business the first time round was outreach. Going out into the world to find more people to come into my business orbit. This meant appearing on a lot of podcasts, doing some guest posts, having a podcast I could invite people onto. This is a crucial part of the marketing mix because without it, you are not acquiring new customers, just trying to sell the same things to the same people. I stopped doing outreach and turned down interview requests around the time my life was falling apart and I didn't know what I was doing next. And this was a good decision. But then once things were a little more stable, I just never did it again. I did think about it sometimes as something that would be useful, but I think I forgot just how useful it was. Since then, I have lost a lot of Instagram followers and my email list growth has completely stagnated, neither of which I'm wringing my hands about, but I had forgot that a basic of marketing is that you need to be out there putting yourself in front of the people who need you but have never heard of you. So this really needs to be a focus for 2024. So if you want me on your podcast, send me an email. (laughs) In some ways it feels quite good. I am seeing firsthand that everything I preached about for years works it's just a shame that I'm seeing how well they worked because I'm experiencing how badly things can go when you forget them. But the thing with basics is you can always go back to them. And that's the plan for now. So that's the end. That's the end of our blog post omnibus and the end 
of our episode for today. I hope you've really enjoyed it. I hope that you can send it on to a friend or share it somewhere if it really did resonate with you. And otherwise, I will be back next week with hopefully more stable throat and vocal cord situation. Um, And yeah, otherwise, I hope you have a really great week.